Hey everybody, I'm Dan Vespris, the host of Fantasy NBA Today, Hoopball's flagship full-season fantasy podcast. We cover every piece of news, every mock draft, every rank list, pickups, drops, buy lows, sell highs, and every sleeper candidate all year long, Monday through Friday. Come check us out. We're Fantasy NBA Today, and you can follow me on Twitter for updates at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. We'll talk to you soon. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Another episode of Today in Sports Betting. I'm Devin Ellington. Again, hopefully that's no knowledge by now if you've been listening long enough. If not, there it is. That's who I am. You can find me at D-A-L-E-007 on Twitter. This is a hoop-ball.com presentation. Also formerly known as Hoopball Gaming on Twitter. Hoopball Tweets. Gonna be a short off season, so make sure to check out our fantasy professionals to make sure you are in the loop. Got a wonderful show today. I am beyond stoked. This is a guy I've been following for quite some time. His NFL work is second to none. But before I introduce him and we talk about his greatness within the betting industry, I gotta give some due diligence to our sponsor manscaped and the lawnmower 3.0 just came out fully electric brand new technology waterproof take it in the shower that's probably the best place to do it anyways hoop ball 20 h-o-o-p-b-a-l-l two zero that's the promo code you're gonna get 20 percent off you're gonna get free shipping get your lawn mode manscaped hoop ball 20 do it well without further ado I'm going to introduce my guest here today. I'm going to kind of spill the floor for him, let him take over. Don't want to do any disservice to the accolades of which he's accomplished. So without further ado, Jeff Sheesby from CBS New York, affiliate with the Action Network. Jeff, thank you again so much, man. How are you doing? Devin, man, doing as well as I can. Thanks so much for having me today. You know, thanks for carving time out of your day. You know, we're in two different time zones. I know things are a little hectic right now, and you're a busy, busy guy. But, hey, this is the Football Friday episode, so I'm excited to get to, you know, not only ask you some questions, but also talk about some pigskin, you know, bets. You know, it's going to be great. Amen, baby. Another opportunity to make some profits. I'm all for it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, A great day for a great day, Tom. Uh. You know, like I said, I mentioned that you were with CVS New York, coined as an NFL expert. Um, you are a writer at 1.37 p.m. And, you know, I was checking that page out and that, you know, the kind of the podcast stuff for the last couple of weeks, familiarizing myself. And on that specific podcast and such, I mean, that content that y'all curate over there, you guys talk about everything. You know, how, how did you, how'd you start with them? Yeah, 1.37 p.m., super cool, uh, super cool website, kind of a combination of 
Um, you know, everything that I think makes up life. It's a little bit of culture. It's a little bit of sports betting. It's a little bit of gaming, uh, you know, for the male focused audience. Um, you know, very fortunate enough to get linked up with, with some of the guys there. Shout out to Tyler T. Schmidt, uh, you know, sports card expert at this point. Uh, of course, it's a Gary V venture. So, uh, you know, without Gary continuing to grow his, his empire, I wouldn't have the opportunity to, to do some writing, do some talking. Um, and it's been a lot of fun, you know, just grateful for the opportunity, grateful that when I put pen to paper, somebody wants to read it and, you know, thank God occasionally these bets win. So, uh, hopefully we can keep the season profitable and, you know, bet by bet we build baby. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, just like you said, you know, people read it, you know, I've been reading your stuff for a long time. You know, you've got old man who bets.com, right. And then, you know, your Twitter handle is old man who bets, uh, you hail from New York, New York, where you're kind of talking off camera a little bit about your, uh, what is that? Your origin story spent some time out there in uh, Connecticut and Jersey, but um, how are you enjoying CBS New York? How is that going for you? It's so cool that you write for them or you, you know, analyze for them. Yeah, man. I mean, CBS New York has been, has been awesome. Um, you know, I've been working with Steve Overmeyer. He's been fantastic. He brought me on him and Mike Menez, uh, one of the producers. Um, you know, they saw me on uh, a featured ex- expert on, on, a, on a site called Blitz Predict. Um, you know, haven't talked to them in a little while. Hope they're doing well. Um, but they reached out. They were looking for some New York based talent. Uh, this was, you know, what, I guess early 2018. At that point, I was an anonymous account. You know, I just kind of started the whole Twitter thing. Uh, under the moniker that, hey, I think I know a lot about social media. Hey, I think I know a lot about sports. You know, why not put the two together and then see what we can do? So uh, they reached out. It's pretty funny, honestly. The first time, um, you know, obviously before going on camera, going into the studio, uh, you got to give some sort of presentation. I've never done anything like that before. So Mike was like, yeah, Jeff, you know, just get a couple of fake plays together or, you know, whatever you'd, you'd think would be good for the show. Um, and, and, you know, we'll, we'll do a run through. I'll give you a ring, whatever. I'm like, all right, great. You know, get my, my talking points. I'm sitting here in like my boxers and a tank top, you know, ready to, you know, heart beating out of my chest. And then all of a sudden Mike Jimenez wants to FaceTime. I'm like, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> Decline the call, quickly threw some water in my hair, put a shirt on, uh, which I quickly sweat through. And uh, apparently I sounded articulate enough that they were like, Hey, this would be cool, man. Come back into the studio. So, um, you know, it's evolved nicely. You know, now it's just me and Steve for the 17 weeks here, you know, we're, we're doing some jet specific content, some jets giant specific content, which is going up on the CBS pregame, which has been, um, you know, super, super fun, you know, coming into the, the gambling Twitter sphere and, in 2018 didn't you know was doing it as just kind of some fun uh, you know just a, as a pastime as a hobby as something to build on and um, you know obviously have gained some traction so so super grateful for the guys over there that have you know given me the opportunity to, to chat and you know chat about things I love which is a combination of data and sports that ultimately leads to profits yeah um, you know it's it's really cool to have the insight now you know because like I said you know I've, I've kind of followed you on Twitter and you know we've interacted a little bit so um, it's really neat to kind of just you know, put a face, you know, a voice, opinions, you know, current thoughts, you know, with all of it together. Um, you know, one thing, and, you know, I told you I was out here in Oklahoma City, the great Midwest, but I wish I could get MSG plus out here. And I'm not talking about sodium, you know, I'm talking about the, the Madison Square Garden network. And, um, you know, I, I've seen you recently put some stuff up with them. And um, was that, you know, just as enjoyable or how, how'd that you know. Devin, sorry, I think I lost you there for a second. Yeah, yeah, no worries. No worries. Looks like we connected back. So yeah, just uh, kind of a little insight on the, you know, MSG plus is, you know, kind of my question there. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, I originally linked with Jared on the show. Um, he was, uh, you know, one of the rotating panels on, on CBS's fin- uh, uh, finalysis, you know, which is what I've been doing with, uh, with Steve. Um, and then, you know, he started his own show. He linked up with Ariel um, and then the two of them um, through the sports grid, uh, you know, recently got the, the MSG plus, uh, you know, kind of addition. So, you know, shout out to them. They're, they're crushing it. They've got some great content. They're online all the time uh, doing it full time, which is awesome. So they're literally just churning out bets, analysis, everything between them. Uh, but they hit me up and they said, Hey, you want to, you want to come on? Uh, that was my first time ever doing live TV. You know, the uh, BS is, is always one take, but, but never, never live. Um, so that was, that was pretty cool. I had the TV on in the background as I was watching myself on the TV and, uh, oh, wow. you know, that kind of was a little bit of like an inception kind of moment there, but, um, you know, hopefully we'll, I should be back on there again on, uh, on Tuesday, 940 AM for about 10 minutes. Um, and we'll see how long they can tolerate me for. Well, heck yeah. I'll be, I'll be doing what I can to, uh, gain access to it. You know, it's hard out here in the Midwest. People just think, you know, we're just desolate out here. Uh, yeah, those local networks, man. You know, I know, just I not, know. not getting I, it done. Hopefully, it will be national one day, but you know, we'll take it baby steps. Right. Um, you know, some of the folks that I've had on this show, you know, they they've been affiliated with Odd Shark, and they're some of my favorite curators as well. You're partaking in the Cappers Cup this year, that you know, and for the listeners who aren't familiar, you know, Odd Shark is a database online, right? You know, they, they, they've been handicapping for quite some time, this, that, and the third. They put together a really cool cappers competition with some really solid football analysts. How, you, you, did you feel honored getting that invitation? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I got the um, – kind of all happened pretty quickly. I had Odd Shark following me on Twitter. It's always, always entertaining to see the blue check marks coming in on your notifications. <laughs> uh, and then I had a message request, so um, – you know, Jenna and Patrick over there, I guess, stumbled upon my profile um, and thought that I would be a, a competitive pick. So, again, you know, nothing but but grateful for the opportunity. I think I'm currently sitting in 11th after a, uh, a bit of a lackluster week uh, with those picks. And, you know, that's always a bit of a challenge as well. They need five picks a week. You know, there isn't always five best bets. So sometimes going a little bit out of my comfort zone there. But, you know, going for the top, my homie, the great Fusini's in there as well. Mm. He got the nod. Um, you know, he's the contrarian. Uh, the biggest contrarian I've ever met. So, you know, he's got the dogs barking. I think he had all dogs last week. Um, but we're doing our best to, uh, you know, fight with the uh, with some of the more established Dodge Shark, you know, talent. I think Joe's in there. A couple yep. other guys I've, I've chatted with, you know, briefly here and there. Um, and if nothing else, I always read their content. Their, you know, their, uh, their tweets are always very insightful. And, uh, you know, you can never have too much data when trying to put a handicap together. So, um, you know, appreciate all the, all the hard work they do and all the, all the data and, and insights that they make available for us. Sure. Um, I've been enjoying keeping up with it. It just kind of seems like all my favorite, you know, personalities and my data collecting people, the people I, you know, stem from, uh, they're just kind of going head to head. So it's like I get all this awesome analysis and you guys are all doing it in a competitive way. So uh, it's really neat. I want to touch back on the old man who bets moniker and you, you said it, you called it a moniker. I think you kind of gave us the origin story of kind of where it came from, but uh, you haven't, always been old if that's my assumption right i mean that's yeah uh, i mean i'm still not that old right that's first what time i, I ever I hopped on uh, yeah yeah first time i hopped on cbs steve's punchline was and he's not that old and i said all right steve <laughs> this joke was funny the first six times but let's let's move on to something else and uh 
you know, where did it come from? I don't know. You know, I was sitting in, uh, sitting in my room and started a Twitter account. You know, something came into my head. I've always had, uh, I don't know, some fatherly nicknames, for lack of a better term. Papa She's was a big one. And, you know, what are dads? They're, they're a little bit older. So, you know, it was kind of a combination of, all right, I'm coming into the gambler twitting, Twitter sphere. Um, need something catchy. Need something that people aren't going to tell you to fuck off on left and right. And I said, you know, who's going to tell an old man to go fuck off after a losing pick? Um, and it, you know, kind of matches up with, with some of those nicknames. So, uh, ran with it. OMWB. I think it has a nice, nice touch to it. Um, you know, people, my, my homies call me the old man now. And, uh, so nothing like a good self-appointed nickname, but, um, you know, again, started as a, as an anonymous account, just trying to bring good bets to people. You know, it's, it's always, you know, us versus the books, never us versus the other handicappers, which I think a lot of gambling twist Twitter, uh, often gets twisted. Um, and then, you know, when CBS came along, it was the decision of I can either proceed down the, uh, you know, anonymous Twitter account route and, and not go on TV or not. Uh, so obviously, you know, went with the reveal aspect of it. And, you know, if you, if you follow my content closely, which you do, and I'm you know, really appreciative of that, you know, appreciate everybody who, who follows, who likes, who, who, you know, engages in discussion, not debate. Um, you know, as an anonymous Twitter account, I was posting like, you know, new Drake singles and, you know, getting bottle service on a boat cruise. And, you know, if you thought like a 75 year old man was doing that, then, yeah. you know, I think I need to question your ability to, to be betting in the first place. You know, I think you need the cognizant of their uh, the brain power. So yeah. I thought it was pretty obvious that I wasn't that old through my content, uh, the songs I was sharing, you know, kind of the beers I was drinking. Uh, maybe I was, maybe I wasn't, you know, yeah. um, but nonetheless, the old man who bets is, is here to stay. And uh, we're just trying to, you know, continue to build. Yeah. Yeah. We, you know, we love it. So, you know, just keep it going. It's a, it's a, you know, you got something going here, Jeff. Uh, so next question, we'll start talking about some football. I know that's the, you know, the biggest part of this. I'm sure the listeners are thinking, but uh, just having you talk about football uh, as betting, as a betting and uh, sports better and analyst, you've decided to bullhead one of the most toughest leagues, you know, the NFL to handicap. You've done so successfully. Like you said, you know, these people have reached out to you. You've had success are you crazy? Are you just that confident in yourself and your model? I mean, how's that work? Yeah, great question. Um, you know, I think at the macro level, you know, where sports plus data equals profits is, is the equation. And I think that can be applied to, to any sport. Um, you know, and I think NFL obviously included in the, you know, it's the sense everybody bets it, everybody watches it, everybody plays fantasy football. It's kind of lack of yeah, yeah. So I think, you know, the biggest challenge you look at, you know, NFL versus, you know, MLB, 162 games, you get a pretty good feel for averages, you get a pretty good feel for regression points, you get a pretty good feel for who players are, where, you know, coming to the NFL, you don't know what a team is until week eight, you know, look at just Jacksonville last night, you know, two inspiring efforts week one and week two, and then they come out and get throttled by the 0-2 Dolphins, you know, it was a perfect regression point. But even so, with such a small sample size, it's hard to, you know, really kind of pinpoint and figure out those games. So, um, well, you know, your point is, you know, am I crazy? I don't, I don't think so. You know, I'm, I'm confident in my ability to read data. I'm confident in my ability to, to watch games and, you know, kind of uh, the art and the science of it, the eye test versus the numbers and then come out with, with solid conclusions. So uh, I do that to the best of my ability. You know, I think we're hovering around 500 right now. We might be up a unit or two. We had a good week last week, we went three and one last night, uh, but week one, we, we definitely lost a touch. Um, definitely need to check uh, the action network to, to see how I'm doing there. Um, but nonetheless, you know, it's a long season, you know, you don't, you don't beat the books in, in one week. So 
Uh, I've got a couple of bets this week that I'm feeling pretty good about. Uh, a lot of favorites, which somebody was chirping me before, that they couldn't believe that I had no dogs on the card. Mm-hmm. Um, but I say, hey, you know, I think there's a pretty big uh, discrepancy between the good teams and the bad teams this week and or, or this year, honestly. You know, a team like the Jets, <laughs> they're like a JV squad out there, and I hate it because I have to talk about the Jets every week. <laughs> the New York audience is going to hate me, but I just don't have anything good to say about them. Um, but you know, it's the type of thing where, you know, favorite or not, I don't really look to weekly week trends and whether the, the favorites are covering versus the underdogs are covering. I, I look at the data and the matchup and then come to my own conclusions. So it is what it is. It is, it is. It definitely is. Um, and you know, a, a thing that we talk about a lot on this show is, you know, conviction, finding your value and having conviction in it. You can do that so many different ways. But, you know, I think those are two core values of mine that I think has helped me keep myself grounded when I, you know, maybe would have placed a bet that I probably shouldn't have. Um, you were very, very much so NFL heavy, uh, but I do at least kind of want to throw a couple of college games out there if that's all right with you and see what you think about them. See if you have maybe. Yeah, man, I'll stuff. do my best. I am objectively not a college football better. I do bet it because i love watching it and you know it is football but sure. uh i don't know if i'll have too many you know insightful insightful t- tidbits here but i definitely have some good nfl bets for you absolutely um so i'll just keep it short and brief on the college football just kind of give you some of my thoughts because you know as as someone that's you know starting out you know it's like I want to show you that I know what I'm talking about. You agreed to come on this show with me, which I'm very appreciative of. And you're helping us out while we grow. So, you know, I want you to make sure it's not for not. Um, and so I'll just kind of throw a couple games out here and then we're going to get hot and heavy in the NFL. I'm looking forward to that. So the first game that I was actually looking at on this slate for Saturday is the Georgia Southern University Louisiana uh, Lafayette game. I am looking at the over 52 and a half because there are premier quarterbacks in this seniors on both sides, Levi Lewis for ULL. And then you've also got Shea Wirtz for the Georgia Southern team who also can run the ball very effectively. He's got 14 rushes and 155 yards and a touchdown on the season. I think Georgia Southern can keep it close right now. They're catching 11 and a half. It opened at 17, but I think the over is going to hit because they keep it close, but that ULL passing attack is going to expose them and maybe get two or three pretty big plays and uh, score a lot of points in the first half. I'm about my sun belt. I love my mid majors. I call it the fun belt on here. Um, so, you know, I, I talk about the most random college football games, but I think that's what makes it fun. Yeah, man. Love the cap there. Um, you know, the Raging Cajuns, they move the ball. They put up, what, 31 points the first week, 34 <laughs> last week. Sounds like they'll get their uh, – uh, or was that last year? I don't know what I'm looking at. But, um, you know, they, they definitely move the ball. They, they sling the rock. Um, you know, I think the, the line movement's pretty interesting there. What, from 17 to, to 11 and a half? You know, at that yeah. point, do you think there's value on the – has it moved enough to find value on the favorite? Um, not in my opinion. My true number here for ULL is going to be nine. I just really like what Georgia Southern does. Their quarterback hasn't turned the ball over in about 12 or 13 games, I think it is. Last year, he only had 18 touchdowns through the air, but zero interceptions. Uh, Very solid play, ball control good for them. I think ULL could maybe slip up and lose the turnover battle in this game. Yeah, it makes sense to me. I mean, 
I love a guy like Elijah Mitchell when he's coming off 16 mm. for 164 and two scores last week. You know, that is that is some pimp stats right there. So, uh, you know, I love your take on the over there. You know, the move, it's interesting that the line has moved so much, but the over stayed relatively, relatively steady. Um, it's gone up a little bit, but I think that makes sense with 66% of the bets there. Um, so, you know, I'll follow you on this one, man. Again, I, the Sun Belt is not something that I, uh, I pay too much attention to, but I love a good noon kickoff. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and to move from a total play to a side play, I'm going to talk a little bit about the Army and Cincinnati game because I think this is actually going to be one of the low-key, probably best matchups of the slate for the weekend. Cincinnati, my dark horse to win that conference they're in, the American. Um, I think they're sitting at plus 500 right now, so go get your tickets because Memphis is never going to play a football game, I think. I don't, I don't know what's going on with them. But, um, you know, I like Army getting 14 in this spot because – the Bearcats, they're going to be out uh, their main wideout, and that's uh, Pierce. He's their stud receiver, best deep threat. Not to mention Army is returning almost all of their linebackers and cornerbacks, seven defensive starters in total from last year's defense that finished uh, fifth in total pass defense. Now, don't get me wrong, that quarterback Ritter for Cincinnati, that kid's dynamic, but there's not any continuity in the backfield right now. They lost Michael Warren to the draft. He signed a free agency deal with the Eagles. I'm looking for Army to create some tackles for loss. They create some havoc on that, uh, that line. And um, speaking of havoc, that's a great stat that I love to uh, get data and graph points on from uh, your affiliate action network. Amen, man. You know, I've got no read on this one, honestly, not particularly helpful. You know, you know, Army's going to ground and pound here. I just don't know enough about Cincinnati football. They're obviously coming off a huge win versus Austin P, but Austin P isn't exactly uh, doing much. You know, they're 0-3 on the year. I think it was, what, 55 to 25. So, you know, you look at Army, they played, what, Louisiana Monroe, nothing particularly challenging there. And who Middle Tennessee? You know, I thought people thought uh, I think that that win's probably more impressive than the two. But you know, I, I completely agree that this is going to be one of the better games of the slate. You got the twenty-two ranked Army versus versus Cincinnati here. Um, you know, thirteen feels a lot for two ranked teams, especially knowing that if Army can score, they're going to use a lot of clock. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, I, I most likely won't have a play on that one unless you know maybe I'll have a couple beers tomorrow and then and then follow your lead. Yeah, get your prohibitions down. Or inhibitions, inhibitions. We don't want prohibition. That, that yeah, sucks. prohibition. No, I mean that'd be perfectly twenty twenty. But I, I, oh I say no gosh, to that one. That's for not. sure. Please don't jinx that, bud. Uh, so uh, we talked about a dog. We talked about a total. I'm gonna go ahead and give someone, you know, a team that I think is they probably got the highest chance of covering as a home favorite, and that's the Virginia Who's laying five and a half against Duke. You know, Cutcliffe's rolling that new offense out. It hasn't really taken this year. He did something completely different from what his team was doing last year. New defensive coordinator. Not a lot of continuity as far as players go. And then not to mention the Virginia offensive line, every single one of them, they're back. They're replacing Bryce Perkins, sure, but, you know, they had a kid developing behind them, and then they're getting that line back intact with seniors littered throughout it. Um Virginia's seven top pass rushers from 2019 returned. They generated school records in sacks and tackles for loss last year. I'm looking for the defense to be locked in by way of their outside linebacker, Charles Snowden. Uh, He had 11 tackles for a loss last year and uh, 11 quarterback hurries last year. Um, And also they got a senior inside linebacker, Zane Zandier. 
And I'm looking for him to get some interior pressure on maybe some stunts. He had five sacks and 12 and a half tackles for loss last year. So I'm looking at Duke's offensive line to get eight up in this matchup. Gotcha. I think this is a super interesting one. This is one that I actually do have an opinion on. Uh, you know, my first thought is you got an 0-2 Blue, De- Blue Devils team uh, that just got blown out by Boston College at home 26-6 to and then got blown out in the first game, you know, 27-13. to Neither game is particularly competitive. So when I see a line that's six, you know, you know, moving towards five, I think that's awfully small for, you know, a lot of the good points that you just brought up. You know, Virginia's bringing back a lot of talent. You know, it's the team with relatively high expectations for, as UVA programs go. Why is the line so small? You know, I think when we look at the game last week against Duke or uh, against Boston College for Duke, uh, what were they? Four turnovers in the red zone, two interceptions, yeah, two, fumbles, two fumbles, as well as a mixed extra point. Mm-hmm. So I think the public's probably overreacting a touch to that um, and saying, hey, this Duke team can't play. And maybe they can't. You know, they haven't looked great in, in either of those matchups. But nonetheless, you know, that, that is a line that I think is, is definitely pretty questionable. Um, will I play it? I don't know. We'll find out by 4 p.m. tomorrow. But, but I, I did lean towards Duke in that game, uh, mainly because of the, the red zone inefficiency, which, you know, bring it over to the NFL. Same thing that was the red zone inefficiency of the Dolphins. Uh, you know, they were only scoring at 52% coming into last night. And, you know, they obviously changed that around. So combo that with the fact that it's UVA's first game of the season and the fact that UVA is playing Clemson next week. You know, I think UVA might overlook this game as a, uh, you know, Duke 0-2 easy win onto the big challenge, which is not get throttled by Clemson. Um, so it could be a look ahead spot. could be a little rust. Haven't done any live tackling against an opponent. Eileen Duke on that one, man. Hey, I, I like that point to the Clemson, you know, because say what you will about Narrative Street, it has a role in sports betting. I mean, you can, you, you've got to take certain nuggets because a lot of the times, sure, some of it's fluff, but when you really get, you get, you know, get yourself some good information, um, you know, that narrative is just coming from the heartbeat of the team. So I think that's a good take right there. And I'm glad you reminded me of that. However, I already locked my bet in, but I appreciate the insight, Jeff. Uh, yeah, maybe, uh, you know, UVA goes up big early and then you can get a live line on Duke and plus 21 and find a nice middling spot. I, you know, I did throw uh, UVA into a teaser to get them down to uh, just, you know, a half point just because I don't know. I like, I like to live dangerously. Um, so NFL, are you ready, bud? I'm going to break down these ready, NFL baby. games. All Let's right. Let's do it. So I'm going to start off with a noon kickoff. And, you know, I've talked about this game throughout the week. Uh, I'm going to just talk about it again because it's one of my favorite spots. I love Cincinnati getting five and a half or five versus Philly, who just lost another offensive lineman. Carson Wentz didn't get sacked last week, but he was hurried a lot. So I'm looking for Sam Hubbard to maybe get one and a half sacks. Carson Wentz is susceptible to fumbling when he gets sacked I'm looking for maybe a strip sack I'm looking for Joe Burrow who is a winner to get his first NFL win am I crazy I think you're a little crazy Devin I don't know how crazy because you know this Philly team has looked god awful right they've got no receivers even worth mentioning you know on this podcast right now maybe Rieger Ward uh, and Ward but Alshon's coming back and I like your point about Cincinnati's offense. I like Joe Burrow a lot. I think he's an absolute legend on and off the field. But that doesn't change the fact that they're currently ranked 27th in terms of the offensive efficiency. You know, they mm-hmm. struggled against uh, – I mean, they, they backdoored br- brutally last week against the Browns. Mm-hmm. I was on the Browns, obviously. Um, but, hey, man, this Philly offense is just as bad. This Philly offense is currently ranking 32nd in terms of offensive efficiency. 
That's 32nd in the league in passing, but sixth uh, on the offensive side of things. I think the line is 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 pretty stock. You know, I, I don't I don't know if I want to necessarily risk it on um, you know the Cincinnati team that I think the public believes more in than the data would say. Hmm. And a fun fact for you here, courtesy of Joe Osborne, Odd Shark, uh, NFL teams that have started 0 and 2 against the spread week three, the last four seasons, they have covered at a 75.9% clip. That's 22 and seven. The Last 10 seasons, open up that sample size a little bit, 47 and 28, 62%. Teams who are 0-2 against the, uh, the spread this week, uh, the Eagles are one of those. The Jets, Browns, Titans, Texans, Cowboys, Eagles, Lions, Vikings, Panthers. So uh, this is a game that I think is, is a little noisy for me. You know, I could certainly see your handicap on, on Cincinnati totally coming through. You know, if this Philly offense continues to be, uh, you know, looking like a JV football squad, um, then fine. You know, they, they won't cover. But I just think there's a lot of noise on both sides. There's a lot of conflict points and, and it's a game I'm going to be staying away from you know um I did see the Joe Osborne tweet and as soon as I was reading it I was kind of just you know doing the you know teeth kind of bound together and just like Ugh. I'm hoping Philly's not one of those teams that covers <laughs> but speaking of one of those other teams uh being in that group to start 0-2 is the home favorite Atlanta Falcons laying three points to Chicago. Um, do you have an analysis on this game? Oh, that's a funky one as well. Um, you know, I think the line right off the bat is is way too small. So I think it's a, a bit of a trap for for the Falcons. But at the same time, the Falcons have looked pretty good. You know, um, you know they're 13th in terms of offensive efficiency here. Uh, Trubisky is looking like Trubisky. Um, you know, this is a Bears D that that is pretty good. So. Uh, what am I most concerned about on that one? I think that it's a, a trap line. I think that it's that the Falcons seemingly know no bounds in terms of blowing games from 28 to three to 29 to 10. Uh, you know, they find ways to lose. Um, of course, you know, you had Julio Jones have one bounce off his hands last week, a perfect throw from Mr. Robert Gage. I believe that's his first name, but definitely double check me on that. Russell. Um, Russell Gage, that's the guy. R. Gage, I picked him up on the as a flyer, put him in my flex, mm. and was very unhappy to see Julio drop that pass. But uh, nonetheless, you know, I think it's going to be an interesting one. This is not one that I had uh, circled by any means as as one of my best bets. Um, but hey, you know, if if anything, I think it's going to come down to that Chicago defense, currently ranked sixth in terms of defensive efficiency. All these defensive efficiency numbers are coming from Football Outsiders based on their DVOA, defense adjusted value over average. Uh, meanwhile, this Atlanta D, uh, not not bad. Uh, they're fighting. Uh, let's see, where are they? They're, no, that's a lie. They are bad. They're at 28th. So uh, you've got a terrible offense going against a terrible defense. And then on the other side, you've got a good offense going against a good defense. So there's your minus three line there. I, I just don't find an edge on, on that game. I think there's, there's too much unknown on both of these teams. And again, Atlanta being one of those 0-2 teams with that 72% cover going into week three, going to try to have to figure out who you like and who you don't like most in that group of teams. Um, now I saw on Twitter that you, um, and I might be getting ahead here cause it's not a noon kick. Okay. Yeah. Let me save that one. We'll stick with some noon, noon kickoffs here. Uh, Houston and Pittsburgh opened at plus six to Houston. It's gone down to plus four over under 45 has been un, uh, unscathed even across the board at 45. Is Pittsburgh a uh, touchdown better team at home against Houston in this crappy offensive line? 
Yeah, you know, I think the uh, the line movement certainly uh, certainly a bit alarming. Of course, the Texans zero two against the spread. Um, you know, moving from six to four with only with fifty eight percent of the bets on the on the favorite. I think is you know classic reverse line movement. But you know, this is a, a Houston team that one should get better, but two hasn't found their identity yet. Trading away somebody who was you know I think uh, Hopkins last year had something like twenty eight percent of all of their offense. Those are huge huge shoes to fill. And quite frankly, Brandon Cooks plus Will Fuller did not equal DeAndre Hopkins. Both are great receivers in their own right. Fuller might be banged up. I haven't checked the injury report yet. Um, but nonetheless, you know, neither of them can just take over a game. Fuller's a great deep threat. Cooks kind of, you know, occupies that middle, you know, 15 to 25-yard route in those, like, in those wheel routes. Um, and both are great. But I just don't think with the, the front seven of, of, of Pittsburgh, which is absolutely just destroyed teams, you know, they held Saquon Barkley, what, 15 carries for eight yards? Sure, mm-hmm. the Giants aren't a great team by any means but he's an elite running back and they made him look like again a high schooler so this is one of those ones that it feels like a bit of a you know a little bit too small for Pittsburgh Pittsburgh but they've looked great on offense as well Connor's back Snell look good uh, their receivers are firing off Big Ben reportedly hasn't had uh, this little pain in his elbow in 13 years so I think it's safe to say that surgery went well uh, I saw a great interview preseason from Vance McDonald where he quote said, golly, that was amazing or something like that. You know, if you've got your tight end saying golly about your quarterback, that's, that's something I want to be behind. So this is a game I was actually thinking about adding, um, you know, again, to add to my favorites for this week, which somebody just called me out on Twitter about a half hour ago that they couldn't believe that I wasn't on any, any underdogs this week. And I said, well, believe it brother. And, you know, feel free to fade away. If you feel right. differently. Um, you know, again, us versus the books, not us versus you. Um, so, I mean, I would lean for the Steelers here at minus four, but uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure if I'll play it yet. Absolutely. Yeah, us handicappers, the people that put our stuff out on Twitter and do these pot, you know, you know, we, like you said, we're in this together. So, this was originally a game I seemingly just kind of glanced over. Uh, but now that I've seen those two points go in favor of Pittsburgh being the home favorite, I kind of like it. I'm going to have to maybe talk myself into it and have a heart to heart after I drink some Trulies tonight. Um, but Bill O'Brien's yeah, still the I mean, coach of the Texans. You look at the data there. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which is never good. Now, I was going to say, you know, in terms of you know defensive rankings here, you've got Pittsburgh, who's second in terms of overall efficiency. You got Houston at twenty-five. Flip that over. You got Pittsburgh in terms of offense, fourteen, pretty pedestrian. Houston, eighteen. So, you know, the biggest delta there is obviously the defense and. Is Pittsburgh overachieving? I don't think so. Is Houston underachieving? Will they get better? Absolutely. They've had three very challenging matchups to open up the season. So I'm all about buying low on Houston, but I don't think that buy low for me is going to start until next week. Mm, Good point. Good point. Um, Yeah, they have a much favorable spot next week. Um, So here's another interesting one. We're going to – and I haven't been able to pinpoint this one, so I'm excited to hear you talk about it. The Rams going out to your territory of the East Coast, taking on the Bills up north. Um, they're getting a point and a half. It opened at three over under 46 and a half. Now is what I'm seeing opened at 44 and a half. Sean McVay undefeated in East coast games where they kick off at, uh, one Eastern, uh, five and zero against the spread two and O straight up, uh, or I'm sorry. Yeah. Five and zero against the spread. And he's got two straight up wins that deemed qualified. Do you have an opinion on this one? Is Josh Allen going to continue? Um, you know, that's a, a great question there for sure. You know, I think first off, start with the West Coast to East Coast myth. Um, somebody posted this on Twitter, and I wish I could give them credit for it because I forget who it was. But 
Looking from 2003 to 2012, West Coast teams quite literally never covered on the East Coast. They covered at a 41% clip. That's 51, 71, and 13. However, Vegas doesn't give out free money. That is as closest thing to a free money as I've ever seen from Vegas. Since 2013 through the end of 2018, so I'm missing a couple years of data here, but West Coast teams coming to the East Coast playing those early games covered 45, 34, and 3. That's a 65% clip. So for me, I, I'm not putting too much stock into travel, especially in the sense that, you know, they're on private jets. They're getting here early in the week. Um, they're probably in a nice hotel. Not too concerned about that. What I am concerned about is that this is just going to be a great matchup. You know, I, I think it's, uh, you know, what, it's at one and a half right now, opened at three. I think the line movement makes sense if you're looking at percentage of tickets, 56% on the Rams. And you look at the data b behind these teams, you know, in terms of uh, team uh, defense here, you've got the Rams at 14th. You've got Buffalo at at 12 so you know that's a wash right there offensively you've got buffalo at seven you've got the rams at three you know bit of a wash there as well if anything i would lean towards the rams i think the rams still don't have the public perception of being good especially after their super bowl run hangover last year where they you know very much underachieved but you know the, the three-headed monster and in the backfield between you know henderson brown and, and acres um you know, looks good enough to me. Goff's moving the ball well. They've got two great tight ends. Higby, who had three touchdowns last week. Everett, who's more than serviceable. Uh, and, of course, you've got Robert Woods, an ex-Buffalo Bill, in a revenge spot here. Cooper Cup, always going to do Cooper Cup things. Hopefully gets a couple more yards for my fantasy team, as I, I'm mm. seemingly overpaid for him. So I think this is one of those lines that, again, it just feels right. I think it's going to be a close, close game the entire time. If anything, I'd probably look towards the over. You know, it's already moved up a couple of points at 46 and a half. Uh, but even that feels sharp. You know, a 27 to 20 game sounds very likely. Both good defenses, both good offenses. You know, of course, home field advantage doesn't exist right now with, uh, with COVID and, and empty stadiums. But nonetheless, I think the, the Buffalo, interestingly enough, last year at home, four and four on the road, six and two. Um, which very much surprised me, you know, knowing how hostile of a place it is to play up in Buffalo with those cold weathers, with those crazy fans who are slugging beers and breaking tables. I mean, hats <laughs> off to them. But um, this is another tough game that I just don't feel the need to play it. You know, again, lean, lean towards the Rams, but it doesn't feel like it's anything more than a coin flip for me. Sure. You know, sometimes you just got to enjoy the football. Um, and then, you know, to kind of piggyback on the Cooper Cup thing, we're in the same canoe, buddy. I need him to go ahead and uh, break out a little bit. Um, got a big matchup this week. Um, next game, Washington. That's it. Just Washington. Taking on the Cleveland Browns. We call them the Cleveland Steamers on this show after the OBJ news. Um, unprofessional, probably, but, you know, hey. He's into it, and we are rolling with it. Um, minus seven. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones get it done full touchdown right now rose rose from the uh five and a half of the opening line and we've lost the hook of the uh, 45 and a half all down to 45 on the total um i don't have an opinion on the, i'm trying to figure this one out ron revere is one of my favorite coaches so i'm just not sure what to think of this spot 
Yeah, this is a tough one as well. You know, this is uh, a Cleveland team that's, you know, pretty inconsistent. Of course, the offense looked great last week, but the Bengals defense offers zero resistance. Now you've got Washington's front seven, one of the best in the league. They're currently ranked first in the league in terms of pass efficiency on defense, uh, first overall. But they are 21st in the league in terms of defensive efficiency against the rush, which I do think is interesting knowing that, uh, you know, Cleveland's got Chubb and Hunt, who both looked fantastic last week. Um, you know, but then of course, on the other side of the ball, you've got Cleveland defense, which is ranking thir- 21st in the league in terms of defensive efficiency. That's 30th against the pass, hmm. which we saw in full effect last week when they blew that cover five for five on fourth down from the uh, Cincinnati Bengals and uh, garbage time touchdown to Tyler Boyd. Excellent. But they are fourth in against the run. So, you know, Washington doesn't have much offense, you know, maybe you look for, for McLaurin to go off here. Um, you know, other side of the ball offensively, you know, a bit of a wash as well. You've got Washington, not surprisingly, at 30th. Cleveland's at 26. If anything, I see Cleveland having way more upside there in terms of a regression back to the mean. Um, so, you know, I think five and a half, I liked it. Seven, I like it a lot less. Uh, it feels, again, about right of, of where it should be. You know, gun to my head, if I have to play this game, I'm going to play the Cleveland Browns at minus seven, um, but probably a stay away. Sure. I did put them into a teaser. I've got them down to a one point uh, favorite. So let's talk a little bit about the Vegas Raiders going to the East Coast of Foxborough, taking on the Patriots. A points come off of the uh, line here. It's plus five and a half for the Raiders on the road. Over under 46 and a half is up to 47. I saw your tweet, but I'm going to let you take this one here, bud. Yeah, man. Uh, I am on the Patriots here. You know, Slam Newton uh, has looked fantastic in this offense. You know, you got Julian Edelman, who had his career high in passing yards last week. You know, that is a crazy stat two games into, into his tenure with not Tom Brady that he's already hit that. Uh, looks like they're going deeper more often with Edelman, with Harry. Even Bird uh, was balling out last year. Um, and I think, you know, when you think about the Raiders here, they've got a 30th ranked uh, defense in terms of defensive efficiency. Of course, they looked good against, um, you know, the Saints last week. But, you know, similar to Houston trying to find their identity without Hopkins, the Saints without Thomas seemingly are hurting. You know, I think it's, it's really kind of paramount to see what these, what these big-name receivers can do on and off the field. So, um, you know, I think that, if anything, it's an overreaction to the, the, the ability of the Raiders' defense to play well. Combo that with the fact that it was their first game ever in the Death Star out in Las Vegas. You know, a lot of lot of narrative there. But other side of the ball, you got the Patriots defense. Not as good as it has been. You know, a lot of opt-outs, but still good enough. You know, they're currently 19th in the league. But, you know, this offense is firing on all cylinders. You got uh, the, the New England Patriots right now, fourth in the league in terms of offensive efficiency. That's ninth in pass efficiency, third in rust efficiency. And honestly, I think you can attribute that to a combination of Cam being a great quarterback, you know, obviously ex-MVP, um, you know, just a, a savage dude. I think it was John Gruden. He said he's a power forward playing quarterback. So you got to love that. And, and quite frankly, Josh McDaniels is just an offensive wizard. You know, when coming into the year, you know, I absolutely love the Patriots. Because when you look at what Josh McDaniels did with Jacoby Brissett in 2016, was it? 2016, I think. Um, you know, they come in, they beat, uh, you know, third string back, uh, quarterback, uh, uh, a good enough Houston team, 27, nothing, a lot of runs 
interceptions, uh, a lot of things that, you know, Patriots fans had quite literally never seen from the Tom Brady era. So you think about Jacoby Brissett to Cam Newton, Cam Newton is the most optimized version of Jacoby Brissett, you know, fast, good vision, good decisions, good arm, uh, and has some pretty good talent around him. So I think that was a, you know, a big weakness last year was uh, whenever the pocket collapsed, you know, Tom just wasn't mobile enough to get the ball out and Edelman was triple teamed. So now you've got Nikhil Harry, healthy, big, fast, great route runner, uh, creating space. And you've got Cam who can just bulldoze the linebacker and keep plays alive. So, um, you know, I think a lot of the struggles from the Patriots last year are addressed by bringing Cam in. Uh, and then, of course, that huge win from the Raiders. You know, I think it's a letdown spot for them going on the road in New England. You know, New England at home is one of the best teams to cover, you know, in the last 10 years for sure. You know, the fact that Brady had a 59% career cover rate in New England is just absurd. And one of the reasons why I continue to hit them down in the Bucks. you know, I think he's just a, one of the outliers, obviously, playing at 43. You know, that's not rocket science to anybody. But, you know, I think the, the data here, I think, is strong enough for the Patriots to keep rolling. Um, and I think a touchdown is just, just, just not, not enough for, for the Raiders to, uh, to stay in. I think I got it at, uh, I want to say, minus six earlier today, or earlier this week. Yeah, I, um, I really like that Brissett to Newton, you know, optimized comp. I've never heard that, but, you know, as soon as you said that, I was just kind of like, wow. You know, they, they got similar size as far as their verticalness, um, their height. But obviously, Newton's got a bit more of that bulk. And the most important thing is, like, you know, he's healthy. Um, I've been doing these little, uh, what are they called, uh, win a little bets. And it just kind of makes you pick what you, you know, say, like, Patriots win 7 to 14 or whatever, or 14 plus. Um, I hit on Miami hitting or winning by more than 14 Thursday night. And this was a game I was thinking, because I, I believe that the Patriots are a two touchdown better team, especially for a Vegas uh, letdown spot in Foxborough here. So I'm, I may be looking at that win a little bit at plus, I think it was like 300 for uh, the Patriots to win by more than 14 or 14 plus. Um, let's move on to another game over there in your part of the country and that is another west coast team coming out that way the Niners taking on the Giants uh with that glorious turf that we keep hearing about uh three and a half uh, point favorite for the Niners right now it was six and a half um 42 and a half opening total it's at 42 now are you gonna back the Giants I mean right now there I mean there's no value in it I guess anymore down to three and a half yeah, you know, I, I talked about this game on CBS earlier this week. Uh, obviously, we've got a New York Metro audience, and they love hearing about it. And at that time, it was four and a half, and I did like the Giants there. Uh, but, you know, you said it. You mentioned the turf. The NFL is literally launching an investigation into this turf field. It was installed in the offseason. You know, I've played on turf in my day. Uh, a new field can be very sticky. You know, your cleats get caught. All of a sudden, you know, the, it's a little bit more of a, of, a, of a snag than you're expecting, and then, bam, there goes the knee. And I think injuries is, is obviously the, the storyline for this game. Barkley went out, you know, last week, done for the year. Uh, with with the, the backups, they averaged two yards per carry uh, after that. But I do like that they signed Devontae Freeman. Is he going to make an impact this week? No. Does it show that they have a win now, win right now mentality? I think so. Um, so I kind of love the, the almost the ethos of this Giants team. Um, you know, they have been competing week one and two. Uh, obviously, they fell apart a little bit in the second half against Pittsburgh. But when you have your, you know, a Pro Bowl running back and Saquon Barkley being held to seven yards in the game and are even remotely in that game, I think that speaks a lot to uh, the tenacity of Danny Dimes. Even last week, you know, they had a chance to win it on the final drive, or at least they had a drive that they could have won it. 
you know, didn't pull it out. But Pittsburgh, a tough D. Uh, Chicago, a tough D. And then you got the Niners, also a tough D. But, you know, good thing the, the Niners defense is pretty banged up. You've got Bosa out for the year. You've got Thomas out for the year. Um, which is obviously huge. I think they smell blood in the water here with those mounting injuries. Uh, the Giants defense right now, I think, is overachieving a touch. They're currently seventh in terms of defensive efficiency. Um, but, hey, you know, if they're playing with passion like that, you've got the, uh, the ninth-ranked defense in San Francisco. You know, with those injuries, that should get worse. The Giants should also get worse. That's a wash. Uh, in terms of offensive efficiency here, you've got San Francisco, who's 20th versus the Giants, 31st. You know, Barkley already wasn't doing anything for them, so I think they only get better from here as well. Of course, Sterling Shepard's out, but between Slayton, uh, what, Slayton, Tate, and Ingram, you know, mm -hmm. I think they should be okay to move the ball. Gallman's fine. You know, Deion Lewis is a veteran. I think they'll be okay on offense. Of course, that offensive line is the biggest issue, but, you know, you've got two teams that are seemingly, you know, ready to battle here. Um, and, and then San Francisco, of course, is without Jimmy G. You've got Nick Mullins starting. Debo's out. Mostart's out. Uh, Coleman's out. Uh, Kittle, I think, is back, but now you've got Jeff Wilson and, and Derek McKinnon. You know, both good running backs, but nonetheless, you know, this isn't the San Francisco offense that I think uh, the Giants were preparing for in the offseason. So, uh, not my favorite play of the week, especially at the current line. I didn't mind it at four and a half, um, but I think if you are going to play the, the Giants uh, at home in MetLife on a field that the Niners do not want to play on would, would definitely be the side. Yeah, maybe some sloppy offenses, like you said, all these guys being out trying to, you know, get in, get their roles going, all that stuff. So maybe a slight one, you know, Coors Light lean for me on the under. But um, just to, <clears throat> excuse me, just to clarify on what I'm seeing here as far as the new inactives, we've got George Kittle out with his knee injury, like you said, Mostart, uh, Garoppolo, Tevin Coleman, D Ford is also out. Uh, with a back injury, and then Dre Greenlaw, um, Dre Greenlaw, their linebacker, that's actually kind of huge there, already being down some other defensive pieces. Greenlaw's important to their front seven. So the conclusion there, take the Giants' money line, baby. Ship it. <laughs> Full send. Um, let's move on to another game. And, man, this next one, I, I again, no true opinion. Sorry for just kind of throwing you out ashore and just, you know, waving at you. But um, – Tennessee and Minnesota. Tennessee's going on the road. They're the three-point favorite. Opened at a pick. 45 and a half. It soared up to 50 on the total. Um, what say ye? Do you, I mean, do you, have you eyeballed this game? Are you looking at this one? Is it a stay away? No, I'm playing this one, and uh, I got the Titans minus two and a half. You know, I think interesting, you know, with that ATS 0-2, uh, you know, both the Titans uh, and the Vikings fall for that. So somebody's covering this week, obviously. You know, think about the Titans so far. Uh, they've been a mixed bag. You know, they're 2-0 and straight up, 0-2 ATS. That includes Goskowski leaving 10 points on the field, three missed field goals and an extra point in week one, which is a game they should have won easily. Um, and then they allowed, what, 13 fourth-quarter points against Jacksonville last week to make it far more interesting than it should have been. So, um, you know, they're not finishing games out. But, you know, let's look at the Vikings for a second. They come into this season, they have a ton of turnover on defense. They lose, uh, lost, I think, six key veterans. Uh, I, I read this on Twitter again. I forget who said it. But 281 starts, nine Pro Bowls, 62 and a half sacks, 19 interceptions, and 16 forced fumbles is what they lost. Sure, they brought in some new people. But Zimmer, even in the, in the, in the preseason, said that uh, there would be, quote, growing pains and that they have, quote, 16 weeks to figure it out. Week one and week two, they certainly did not figure that out on defensive uh, on defense, allowing, what, 43 points to the Packers and the 28 last week and an absolute shellacking, 28 to 11 from the Colts. So, 
Um, you know, you need to look at the offense. Their offense hasn't looked great either. Of course, they lost Diggs. I didn't think he was that part of the offense, but maybe he was. You know, Cook ran for 63 yards last week. Uh, Kirk threw for 133 and three interceptions. You know, all mediocre stats. Uh, where the Titans' offense has looked good. It's currently ranked ninth in terms of offensive efficiency. And the interesting part there is when you open up the hood a little bit, second in pass efficiency and 24th in rush efficiency. When you think about the Tennessee Titans, you know, you think about the exact opposite of that. So, uh, you know, if anything, I think the takeaway is that teams are selling out to stop Henry and that Tannehill is good enough to find his targets, whether that's Janu Smith, Corey Brown, uh, or uh, sorry, Corey Davis or AJ Brown. Uh, of course, AJ, I believe is still hurt, but you know, last, you know, even Adam Humphreys is looking like a Julian Edelman out there and you know, you got to respect that. So, you know, if there's ever a get-right spot for, for Mr. Henry, I think it's this week. You know, this banged-up Minnesota defense. They're 23rd against the run right now. Um, Kirk, you know, again, seemingly ready to fight coronavirus, but not ready to fight against opposing defenses. Um, <laughs> I think it's a good buy-low spot, ultimately, in the Vikings. I don't think they should be this bad, but similar to the Texans, I'm going to wait one more week before I start investing with them. Yeah, you know, we talked about the turnover. Um, if I'm not mistaken, they got two rookies on the back end with uh, Jeff Gladney, and then if I believe uh, Antoine Winfield Jr., I think he was drafted by the Vikings. I could be wrong. I need to be fact-checked. I like being proven wrong if I am. Um, I'm sure you've already talked about this next team a lot, so I, I've seen your pick, but, you know, again, excited to hear your analysis. Uh, it's, it's your uh, Jets, buddy, taking on the Colts, getting 11 and a half at home, over under 44 right now. Um, the Jets line opened at plus seven, just to give some perspective to the listeners. I believe it's now up to 12. I locked it in at <laughs> 10 and a half, uh, for the Colts, you know, unfortunately just nothing is getting easier for the Jets here. Uh-huh. Um, you know, the Colts just throttled the Vikings that we just talked about 28 to 11. Uh, this is a defense that allowed Dalvin cook to uh, one of the best running backs in the league to only have 63 yards and force three interceptions without Kirk Cousins. Insert Frank Gore and Sam Darnold, right? Like, you know, it's not getting any better there. And, and you know, it, it's they were, they were, what, three yards per carry last week, uh, five for 13 on third down. Uh, the Jets' offense is simply unable to play football right now. And, and a lot of that is, you know, obviously for, for injuries. You know, Crowder's out with a hamstring, Perriman mm-hmm. has a sprained ankle, Le'Veon Bell's out for two to four weeks. Hogan left with a rib injury, but nonetheless, Chris Hogan hasn't been, you know, a lacrosse player, but he hasn't been particularly um, – you know, I would say impactful in the last five seasons. Um, and so, you know, the stats back that up. They're 30th out of 32 in yards per play. They're 29th in terms of offensive efficiency. And then you pair that against the Colts defense, which is currently fifth in defensive efficiency. You know, they're first in opponent yards per play. Um, ahead of both San Francisco and Buffalo, where the Jets failed to score double digits uh, in the game until garbage time in the fourth. You know, that's just a major yikes for me. So, you know, I think the line movement obviously is is indication of that, and you know, the public completely agrees. Um, do I like being with Joe Public? You know, pretty much across the board this week, absolutely not. But the public does cover bets. Uh, I think the only upside here for the Jets is that they are to zero and two against the spread, so historic trends are on their side that they are due for a cover. But uh, again, you know, when the stock market's, market's crashing, uh, you don't try to time the bottom. Uh, you either weather the storm, and that's why you hopefully had a, a future on the Jets, which I do under six and a half. Um, but I'm not trying to find that bottom right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna let them free fall. Uh, taking the Colts, and I think they come in and and, and throttle the Jets once again. Yeah, you know, that offensive line that Indy, Indy rolls out, they just maul people. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Um, they're definitely going to overpower the Jets in this one. 
Um, next game that I'm actually pretty excited for, and that's going to be the Carolina Panthers taking on the Los Angeles Chargers. Herbert, he's going to get his second start. We figured out what was going on with Tyrod Taylor. Poor guy. Um, that training staff guy probably won't work in the NFL ever again. And for those of you who don't know, Tyrod Taylor's lung was punctured while being administered a painkiller by one of the training staff peoples. That's why he couldn't breathe. And that's why he ultimately didn't start and why he's probably going to lose his job to Justin Herbert the rest of the year. Um, Minus six and a half at home against the Panthers for the Chargers. 43 and a half is the total right now. It's dropped a hook from the 44. Um. This is a game, like I said, I'm excited for just to kind of watch. I want to see some of these young pieces on the Carolina defensive side of the ball, as well as, um, you know, the offense. I want to see how Teddy Bridgewater continues to gel and to mesh. Um, I want to see what Mike Davis and Bonifon does. Um, the Chargers, again, like the storyline is going to be Herbert. I mean, he looked great last week. Yeah, you know, I'm with you on this one. This is going to be a fun one to tune into Red Zone on, you know, every now and again. Um, you know, obviously CMC going down for the Panthers is is huge. You know, I do love that Teddy has, you know, found Robbie Anderson for over 100 yards mm-hmm. back-to-back weeks. He threw for 367 last, you know, last week. Um, you know, just great to have him back in the league in the starter. I think he's a really, really good player. But, you know, when you look at the data here, you know, minus seven on a rookie quarterback, I think that's, you know, a little bit bonkers. You know, they uh, – sure, he looked great against Kansas City, but Kansas City isn't exactly – known for their defense by any means, um, especially a team that didn't get the game plan for him. Um, Is he better than Tyrod Taylor? Probably, you know, again, um, but we don't really know. So with this much uncertainty, you know, you got injuries on the Carolina side on offense. You've got a new quarterback on the defense, uh, or sorry, for the the Chargers. And, uh, you know, the defenses on both of these teams are are okay. I guess the biggest X factor is, uh, you know, the Chargers have increased their defense. That's the 13th overall after a great defensive effort versus the Chiefs. Carolina's at 29. I mean, there's your seven-point spread right there. You know, sure. two offenses that should be about the same. Um, you know, feels feels about right. You know, I think, if anything, uh, this Carolina team has has something to prove a little bit. Um, you know, lost a tight one against the the – the, what, the, the Raiders in week one and then, um, you know, didn't cover and got throttled against the Bucks last week. Um, you know, but Bucks have a great defense. So um, it's a no play for me, but uh, you know, I'm excited to see Herbert, uh, Herbert take, take flight, but I did see a great meme on, on Justin Herbert where it was uh, it was like a football segment on what football players look like. And it was a photo of him holding the ball with his sweeping flow with the Disney channel original movie logo next to it. And it said, Justin <laughs> Herbert looks exactly like your Disney quarterback. And uh, I laughed out loud. Yeah. I, I saw that too. So I'm happy you brought that up. It's just, Oh, you know, you got to love Twitter. Sometimes it's some of it can be toxic, but you know, you get some golden nuggets like that from time to time. Speaking yeah. of the Buccaneers, and this was the pick I foreshadowed earlier. What, you know, the pick of yours that I saw and that I agree with full heartedly Tampa Bay opened as a minus three and a half point road favorite. It's up to five and a half over unders at 43 Um, dropped from the 44 and a half. And they are going to the mile high city of the poorly ran organization, the Denver Broncos, Uh, Jeff Driscoll going to be starting that quarterback for the Broncos. Like you said, Tampa Bay's got that good defense. Um, Denver's in trouble. Yeah, man, I, I agree with you on this one. Um, you know, 
Well, am I back on the Bucks? I am. I got it at minus six. It's moving back, obviously. I think it's a five and a half right now. I think that original movement was, you know, injuries obviously don't help. But, you know, quick hitters here. Tom Brady has a 59% cover rate. He's playing with the best offense he's ever had since 2007. One that can, should continue to gel with a coach who loves to air it out with two great receivers in Godwin and Evans. Uh, Scotty Miller looking like Julian Edelman Light. Two great uh, tight ends as well with O.J. Howard, Rob Gronkowski, and you can even throw Cameron Bray into the mix, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, when we think about what has made Tom great over the years in terms of a quarterback, a lot of that's been the play-action pass. You know, he's always had serviceable running backs, and they didn't have that in week one. In week two, they did. Uh, you know, Fournette finally ran for 100 yards. Would love to see if he's going to take over. Uh, but nonetheless, I think this comes down to uh, – you know, a, 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 an area for this offense to continue to in, in, in increase. The pass efficiency right now is 21st. But thankfully, the D- Denver defense secondary uh, is currently ranked 20th as well. So if I'm going to take Tom Brady uh, versus the Denver defense, you know, I think that's a great spot with him having that, uh, all of that talent around him. But the X factor for me is this Bucks defense. They're fourth in terms of defensive efficiency. Somehow the narrative for the Bucks D is that they're not good. They were one of the best run Ds in the league last mm-hmm. year with young corners. They had Jameis Winston who threw 30 interceptions, just literally setting them up for disaster left and right. And then you already mentioned it, baby. Jeff Driscoll, one and seven <laughs> in his career as a starter. I mean, fine. He looked okay last year, last week, you know, 256 yards. I think he has a career coming into that game, something like a 10 to six touchdown and interception ratio. Uh, definitely fact check me on that, but he only completed 52% of his passes last week. He loved Noah Fon, but he didn't really love anybody else. Sutton's out. They're starting some young receivers. Uh, this is a Bucks defense that forced four turnovers against, uh, you know, against that Carolina team. So I think this trend for defensive dominance continues. Um, they're ninth in the league in terms of opponents uh, uh, yards per play. Denver is currently 27th in the league in terms of offensive yards per play. That's not going to get any better this week. Um, so once again, I'm, I'm riding with the public. I got it at six. Uh, you can get it at five and a half now, and it seems to be moving back towards five. So uh, I think there's great value there. Yeah, I might wait and see if I can just be, you know, that kind of guy and just go ahead and get that five, even though I like it at five and a half, six. Um, this next game is another one that I'm excited for. I've teased the total down to go over in this game. Uh, I like, you know, this game. Detroit getting five and a half on the road, taking on Arizona. It was three and a half, and the total was 51 at opening bell, 55 and a half right now. Um, Matt Stafford, Kyler Murray, Nuke, Marvin Jones Jr., Galladay's going to be back. You know, there, there are some playmakers in this, in this game right here, some young talent. And uh, we got Jeff Akuda on the defensive side of the ball for Detroit. And we're going to have Simmons on the other side of the ball for Arizona. So that's exciting. Um, do you have a thought on this game? Yeah, and this should be a good one here. Um, you know, defense on Detroit has looked abysmal this year so far. They're currently 31st in the league. To Arizona's eighth, you know, I think both of those should normal out a little bit. I don't think Detroit's defense is that bad. Is it good? Absolutely not. But I don't think it's that bad, you know. Um, And do I think Arizona's defense is that good? No, no, I don't. So I think that should come back a little bit. On the other side of the ball, of course, Arizona's now loaded on offense. They added Hopkins. They added Drake in the offseason. And so I think they should keep feasting here a little bit. But they are ranked, interestingly enough, 23rd in the league in terms of pass or overall efficiency mainly because of their lack of a passing game. You know, that's 24th in efficiency. It's been kind of Hopkins or bust. So, you know, they're working out kind of the growing pains there. I think this should be a great game. Um, you know, Detroit's offense is currently 16th in terms of offensive efficiency, uh, 20th in the past, 12th against the rush. Um, so 
And I think I'm going to take the dog on this one. Uh, I think it'll be a shootout. 55 points is a lot. I think that's the highest total of the week. Uh, oh, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Dallas is a higher one. But, um, right. yeah, you know, I, I, I have no play on the total. I, I don't do totals too often, honestly. But I, I do think there's value on the dog here. Sure. Um, at, at, if you can get it at six, I even saw it as much as six and a half earlier today on some books. Um, I would love it there. Uh, maybe even buy it to seven. Probably not. Don't like to buy points. But, um, you know, I was hot on Detroit coming into this year. I, I have their over at seven in terms of wins. Um, and, and, you know, I'd love for them to steal one here. Oh, absolutely. Uh, speaking of that Dallas game, you know, with that 57-point total, they're getting five points that's come up from the three-and-a-half at the opening line uh, on the road out in Seattle. Uh, obviously, Russell Wilson is uh, – he's cooking right now, but do you, is there going to be some negative regression coming soon or not this week because of all those injuries on the defensive side of the ball for Dallas? Yeah, great question. I mean, Russell Wilson had some perfect passes last week. You know, that was a hell of a game versus the Patriots. Um, and, and Seattle has looked pretty good. I mean, their offense is clicking, but their defense is 24th in the league, right? That's mm-hmm. not too good. Dallas defense is a little bit better, of course. They're at 15th in the league, even with those injuries. So um, I love the shootout narrative here. I mean, Mike McCarthy and maybe Mike D'Antoni <laughs> comes out this week and says <laughs> – they're not going to try to control the clock. They're going to try to score as many points as possible and play as fast as possible. So, you know, maybe that's a jinx on the over, but boy, does that feel good. Uh, you know, the other side of the ball, Seattle is second in terms of overall offensive efficiency. Dallas is, you know, at 11th right now. I think they should only get better uh, from there. You know, that line is always good. Zeke hasn't really gotten it going too much, but with, you know, Cooper Gallup and, and CD lamb, you know, they should be balling a little bit more. So, but I think I'm going to take the uh, – I'll take the underdog here. I'm, I'm lean towards the Cowboys. No play for me right now, but I did have that on my original ocular pat down as an interesting spot. You know, I think the – you know, if you look at the Patriots versus the Cowboys, I think, you know, both similar caliber of teams. Um, you know, the Pats obviously uh, got pretty close to, to winning and covering that game. Um, so I think Dallas can keep it close to what should be, you know, one of the better games this late. I like it. I love it. Uh, Before we move on to the Sunday night football game and then the Monday night football game, I've got to give a shout out to our other sponsor, mybookie.ag. Our promo code HOOPBALL, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L, will get you a uh, 100% deposit match. And then you're also going to have a free $10 MLB bet in there to use. I've been doing really well in baseball this year, not to toot my own horn, but check my action network, check tally site. It's been going really well. And then not to mention, they are doing an odds boost at our windows in increments throughout the day tomorrow. I've already seen some of the odds boosts they're going to do. I originally liked K-State plus 28 anyways, but I'm going to be able to get K-State plus 100. It's just a promo that they're doing. They did it with the Chiefs opening week, getting 54 points for Super Bowl 54. They do these things a lot. Um, They're a great partner of ours. They love the show. We love them. Sign up, let them know we sent you. Use HoopBall, get the free money, turn the free money into more free money, listen to Jeff, listen to me, and you'll be good and plenty for a couple weeks at least. Jeff, let's uh, talk about this uh, Sunday night football game. These next two games are pretty dynamic. Green Bay going on the road to the Dome, down in New Orleans, getting three points, over under 52 and a half. Michael Thomas, we knew he was going to be out more than likely, but I I just got the alert. Uh, He's officially out. 
uh, Devontae Adams not looking so good either. Do, uh, what are you liking here? It's a tough one, man. You know, is Drew Brees getting old? Is his arm uh, going down? I think he's currently got one of the lowest uh, yards per attempt in the mm. league right now. Is that a Brees problem? Is that a lack of a Michael Thomas problem? You know, either way, it's a Saints problem. So, you know, you've got a high-powered Green Bay office coming in here. You know, if Devontae Adams is out, I think that changes things. Uh, but nonetheless, that kind of just muddies the waters more. You know, that's, it's just more noise. Um, you know, you've got Green Bay's offense currently ranked first in terms of overall efficiency, first in uh, rush there, eighth in passing. So they can obviously keep on running there. New Orleans, on the other hand, is, is 12th. Uh, but I think the X factor here and why the line is so close is, is more or less the defense. You know, New Orleans' defense has looked pretty solid. Uh, they're ninth against the rush, so they match up well there against you know Aaron Jones and company. Uh, well, this Green Bay defense is currently ranked 26 into overall efficiency, um, with 30th against the run. So you know I think we're going to see a lot of Camara. I think we're going to see a lot of Latavius Murray. Um, anything to take some of the pressure off of Drew Brees, um, but. You know, if anything, I might lean towards the under a little bit in the sense that I think, um, you know, one, no Michael Thomas. The Saints will continue to not necessarily struggle, but we'll, we'll say, you know, pseudo struggle uh, on offense, but the defense is still great. And I don't think the Packers, um, you know, while talented, I don't know if they're the, the number one offense in the league. So I think they uh, regress a little bit there. You know, <laughs> love seeing Mike McCarthy out of there. And then they're finally, you know, balling a little bit. Um, you know, you got guys like Lazard and, and MVS who maybe can pick up the slack, but again, while talented, they have been grossly inefficient and inconsistent over the course of their careers. So, uh, you know, I think Rogers will certainly need one of them to stand on their heads to, uh, to get through this tough secondary. So I think maybe lean towards the under on that game. Um, I don't think I'll have a total or a side or a total that I'll end up playing, but you know, 52 and a half with the public on 81%, um, you know, I, I don't – I think that's pretty high. I guess the third highest of the, of the week. Um, usually I say when it's high, go higher. Um, but, yeah. you know, knowing these injuries and it's, it's such key players that are hurt, um, you know, maybe a good buy low for the Saints. But, but I, I think I'm just going to sit back and relax and uh, hopefully a profitable afternoon of football and, and enjoy the game. Yeah, yeah. You can just kind of, you know, enjoy the bulk of Sunday's profits and then roll into Sunday night, just enjoy it. And then continue rolling into Monday night because, buddy, I don't know what to make of this game. I just know it's going to be phenomenal. First Monday night football matchup between two MVPs, 25 years or younger. We got Lamar Jackson. We got Patrick Mahomes. You got Harbaugh. You got Andy Reid. Three and a half is, is what the Chiefs are getting on the road right now. Open two and a half. I'm seeing 55, so it's gone three, uh, three points higher than the opening total of 52. Boy, oh boy, I, I don't know what to make of this one. It's, it's just one that I'm excited to do my write-up on, dig a little deeper on, but at first glance and just kind of looking at this one, two, three times, this is probably just going to be the best football game of the season early on. I mean, do you have a take? Yeah, this is another one that I think will be great to sit back and relax and, and just enjoy the game. Um, you know, if I had to play a side here and – 
you know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll come to that conclusion before Monday, but I'm, I'm going to lean towards Baltimore here. Um, you know, you got 66% of bets on, on Kansas city, 34% on Baltimore, the lines moving in Baltimore favorite. So there is some sexy little reverse line movement. there, often signifying sharp action, which, you know, never enough to, to handicap a game there. And then, you know, it gets a little bit noisy, right? Of course, the chiefs are coming off a, an absolutely lackluster performance uh, last week. Um, and then, you know, why did that happen? You know, one would argue, well, they were looking ahead towards the, the Baltimore Ravens. So if they've had this game circled, which of course they have, you know, that would explain the letdown uh, and thus, you know, not necessarily an overreaction. However, you know, having 66% of bets on it strikes me as an overreaction. You know, I think when we go under the hood here, looking at defensive efficiency here, Baltimore currently ranked in third you know, kind of right where they should be. They were top 10 last year as well. Kansas City, on the other hand, uh, not as good. They're currently at 23rd. You know, they've been an absolute sieve against the run for the last couple of years, 26th against the rush this year. Uh, and their secondary, you know, fine. It's fine. Um, but, you know, as we know, Baltimore doesn't run the ball, doesn't pass the ball all that much. So I think that's a huge discrepancy there uh, in terms of the, the rush D. And again, you know, both of these teams are obviously great on offense. You've got uh, the fifth-ranked Baltimore uh, Ravens and the eighth-ranked Kansas City Chiefs. So, um, you know, the, the X factor there for me, which, you know, I obviously didn't go my way with a very similar handicap the last time these two teams met uh, last season. Uh, but nonetheless, I'm going to stick to my guns with the reverse line movement and that huge delta in terms of defensive efficiency. Uh, I think the, the Baltimore Ravens are the play. Yeah. And, you know, with that run aspect, the way you brought it up, and I, thank you for that, by the way, the, the fact of the matter is, you know, they're going to give Patrick Mahomes the, you know, treatment of what teams would do to Peyton Manning and Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, you know, keep them off the field as much as we can. Baltimore, like you said, they have that huge run advantage. Uh, Kansas City being a bit of a sieve in, in that department. So great call by you. Um, I put together a college football and uh, NFL uh, teaser, and I kind of want to just, just get your quick opinion on it before we wrap up here, bud. Hit me. All right. I've got Kansas State plus 28, teasing it up six points. I'm going to go ahead and do the Virginia that I talked about, minus five and a half, tease that down to get them a point. That Georgia Southern team that we talked about, lots of points that could be scored. I think they keep it close. I'm going to tease them up to 17 and a half. Then uh, we talked about the um, the uh, Patriots. I like them in that spot. I'm going to go ahead and tease them down. And then I'm going to tease the Bengals up. All six points. I like that, but I've liked bets before that I've lost. So... <laughs> Yeah, man. I mean, it sounds good enough, right? You know, you're putting that many games in. It's a bit of a crapshoot. Love the yeah. Patriots for sure. Um, you know, Cincinnati does worry me. If there's ever a get-right spot on a team that's 0-2 against the spread, playing against an absolute dog shit defense like the Cincinnati Bengals, mm -hmm. you know, it's this game. Uh, but nonetheless, that line is sketchy. Their offense is banged up. Carson Wentz, you know, what is he going to do? Who the hell knows? Uh, I would like to see more of that really Fence that came in the first half against Washington, but you know we obviously haven't seen it since. Right. Um, so it feels good, man. I mean, it feels good to me. I don't have too much too strong of an opinion on those NCAA games, but um, you know, I I feel your narrative. You know, I think your analysis is is sharp. Um, and at that point, you know, stick to your guns. Heck yeah, conviction and value, right? Yeah, um, Jeff. You know, I can't you know uh, tell you thank you so too many times here or enough. You know this. 
again, I told you off camera, this was going to be a little bit of a surreal thing for me. I love your analysis. Getting to actually break down an NFL card with you being the guest today, that was great. Uh, usually folks just come on, we do some interviews. So I appreciate the time that you carved out in order to do this. I know it was a little longer than what you're probably used to. Um, now I'm just getting long-winded with my thank yous. But hey, remind the listeners and everyone else out there, you know, where we find your stuff again. You know, there's the oldmanwhobets.com, but you know, where else? You're out there a lot. Yeah, man. I mean, first off, thanks so much for having me. You know, great discussion. Um, you know, I think the, especially in today's world, discussion, not debate is, is so important. Um, mm -hmm. You know, listening to the sides and then, you know, treating each other like humans rather than looking for that got you moment. Um, you know, we can all win together. But um, yeah, you can get me on Twitter at oldmanwhobets. Uh, I sell t-shirts, hats, mugs, sweatshirts, et cetera, at oldmanwhobets.com. Um, I don't accept tips because then my picks wouldn't be free. So if you ever do want to give me your hard-earned money, I'm very appreciative of it. Uh, and thus, I'll give you more in return. You know, and that's some piece of you know, super hot swag, obviously. Uh, you can catch me on CBS New York uh, every now and again. Uh, well, every week at this point. Um, talking best bets, talking Jets and Giants, as well as uh, every now and again on the sports grid, 940 AM every Tuesday, hopefully Jared and Ariel, if you're listening, I would love that. And then last but not least, uh, 137 PM, uh, you'll have the write up version of my best bets this week, uh, all of which we covered on here uh, and then some. So, uh, <laughs> thanks again for having me, man. Uh, you know, very thorough discussion. I hope that teaser hits. And, uh, as you already know, it's a great day for a great day. Great day for a great day. I'm going to kind of smile when I listen back to that, hearing you say it on the podcast. So once again, thanks, Jeff. I'm going to let you get on with your Friday. I'm sure you got a couple beers to crack. I know I do. Uh, and then, you know, the analysis never stops. So I think both of us got to go back to work. So again, thanks, bud. You have a wonderful weekend and take care. All right, boss. You too, man. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.